People don't even realize how unchurched our cities are. I remember in high school hearing about how this nation's a Christian nation and there's, you know, 90 whatever percent of people say they're Christians. And then I was, I remember just looking around my large public high school in Kansas City and being like, I know like 12. Maybe if we live like a missionary in our very context that God's already called us in, have these spiritual conversations and pray for and with people and look at the Bible together. And then all of a sudden you've got rhythms that looks very bookmarks that's with people who wouldn't step into other church buildings, but are now beginning to hunger and follow Jesus. If we can mobilize as many people as possible to do that, then our city is legitimately going to change. Welcome to Called Beyond, a Novo Mission podcast. We love sharing stories about how we can hear God speaking to us, as well as what happens when we say yes to His calling in our lives. Through these stories, we celebrate together the movement of God around the world, beyond what we could ask or imagine. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Called Beyond. Today, I am joined by a couple of guests, which I am really excited about you guys getting a chance to know. We've got Corey and Suze Osben uh, with me on the podcast today. They serve in the Kansas City area. Corey is part of Novo's Gospel Movements Division, where he primarily serves as a catalyst, mobilized trainer, and all around just kind of fire starter. And Suze is a full-time MD. She's a family medicine physician. So man, I can't imagine what a Friday night looks like in their house, just probably full of people. They also have got three kids, right? So full of kids that are hungry, things to clean, pick up. I mean, probably chaos, just like at my house. But, you know, the Osbens, they're really passionate about seeing new disciples um, made and spiritual families emerge in every neighborhood and network in their city. And they are just, they host an amazing micro church. Um, and, you know, they, they launched this amazing thing, which we're going to get into called the Kansas City Underground, which is a network of reproducing disciples and micro churches in the Kansas City metro area. So welcome you guys to the podcast today. Hey there. What's up? Good to be here. Well, my goodness, that bio is like stacked full of stuff. And I've, if I'm anything like the listeners, I think I just want to hear about this, what maybe seems like an unlikely pairing of an MD um, and, and a mission guy doing life together, raising a family in a city and just passionate about seeing God break into the ordinary and the everyday. So Maybe take us back to the beginning. Did you guys know what you were getting into when you said yes to each other, that you were also going to be saying yes to God in big ways? Hmm. I think I think Sue should answer that question first. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you can never you can never foresee all of the things that would come, but uh, how how good it's going to be is what, is what <laughs> that's she what means. I meant. Yeah, you know. Um, Ever since meeting Corey, he's a he's a really outside of the box thinker, and uh, I again I couldn't have foreseen all of the twists and turns and ups and downs, but I knew it was going to be a fun ride, a fun adventure, and I'm a very inside the box thinker, <laughs> and so I think we we coordinate well like that. Fortunately, if we were both outside of the box, what would ever get done? But if we were both in, that would be boring. So life is never boring. Uh, it is. It's definitely been a fun ride. That's for sure. I mean, so Suze is very, she's brilliant. She's, she, she has more capacity in her brain than the average person. I'm just the amount of knowledge that's stuck in there. So I think when we were dating, if I remember right, you were going back and forth between wanting to be a teacher or a doctor, right? And so in my mind, I know that I'm always going to be in ministry in some capacity, and I'm never going to have any money. 
Uh, and so, you know, I'm like supporting her. Yeah. Hey, whatever, whatever you want, you know, <laughs> I see where this is going. Yeah. But in my mind, I'm like, I, I, I have, uh, I have some hopes. Um, <laughs> no one told us that it would take, you know, 20 years to actually pay back med school debt, uh, that it really was a, a long-term, you know, plan here. But I will say this, I always say there's, there's two types of intelligent. There's like the doctor kind of intelligent. And then there's the, the the one who married the doctor intelligent. There we go. And there we go. So you can see that really probably describes us more than anyone else. Anything else is that like, hey, she's smart. She's gonna get things done. But I'm gonna find that other way of getting to the same spot, but doing a lot less work. There we go. Um, and so I think that's probably, yeah, that pretty much sums us up. There it is. Oh, I love it. There it is. Um, well, I think, you know, having known a little bit about your story, what I'd love to hear, um, Suze, what is a micro church anyway? You know, I mean, you guys are all about creating new expressions of church, kind of hear that a little bit in that, but maybe, you know, for our listeners benefit, like what, what are some of these new expressions? What are these communities that you guys are talking about developing and, and what's the, what's the end goal? Yeah. So, so the end goal is for every person in Kansas City, every neighborhood, every community to to know Jesus, to know the gospel, to be sharing in communities that that know the gospel, that know the kingdom, that know the king. Um, and so to do that, the the method, the the way it Casey Underground and just with us has uh, been to to create micro churches, mm. um, which are micro churches are are gatherings or uh yeah, small churches that exist. And these can be, these can look a number of different ways. They can be a house church. People think about that. It's a collection of people, whether it's neighbors or uh, friends from a school or a team or just an, a family, um, a group of people that is gathering together to learn the gospel, to be obedient to the gospel, to worship, worship Jesus and to practice church together. So we we really use the model from Acts of what the early church looked like. Wow. And whatever that affinity group is, again, whether it's neighborhood, whether it's uh, a group of homeless men or women, whether it's a group of students or um, immigrants or whatever else, the, this looks a number of different ways in Kansas City. So that's a microchurch. That's cool. just, mm-hmm. a, just kind of what we think of with church following Jesus together, but often in a, a smaller, little different way. That's really cool. Um, you know, Corey, when you were talking before, I, I kept the, the phrase in my mind was like where the rubber meets the road, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just, you know, where the rubber meets the road is where there's traction and where there's momentum and where there's things, you know, there's like this force that comes behind it. And so like, mm-hmm. what are you guys seeing? Not just like in Kansas City, like, like maybe help us to better understand the heart mm-hmm for why you want to see Kansas City know the king. Like yeah. what's the tra- no, so what's good. the traction? Yeah, I mean I think the the traction is people don't people don't even realize how unchurched our cities are. Um and you know so I remember I mean we're old now. Like we're Sue's just turned 40. Come on. 40. Hey. Uh, me too. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, it's just shocking. So I just surround myself with a lot of age and wisdom. Um, I turned 40 in March. And uh, and I just say, you know, in our generation, like I remember, man, I remember in high school, 
like hearing about how, hey, well, this this nation's a Christian nation, and there's you know ninety whatever percent of people say they're Christians, and and then I was I remember just looking around my large public high school in Kansas City, and being like, I know like twelve. Yeah. I mean, I don't know a lot of believers that are passionately following Jesus, and so in many ways, it's like this: what we're seeing in our culture now doesn't surprise me at all because I saw the writing on the wall twenty years ago. But I mean, now we're two generations removed. I mean, I'm, I'm hanging out, like I'm discipling young guys uh, who, I mean, their their parents stopped going to church, you know, when they were little. So they're like, there's, there's zero reference. And I, and I think the reality is when we think about our city, that I mean, we could we could launch new churches and we could have good programs. And that's there's beautiful stuff with that. Uh, but I don't think it's going to reach the vast majority of people who wouldn't step foot in a in a church building anyway. But man, there's so much spiritual hunger. Like I think there's as much a spiritual hunger as, as I've ever seen. There's more loneliness. There's more anxiety. There's more like people uh, looking outside of uh, traditional ways to just be like, what's truth? What is like, what's my identity? What does all that stuff look like? Right. And in that sense, you start to learn from maybe what the church looks like overseas or in unreached people groups or areas like that. And you start to learn, oh, man, maybe there's a different way. Maybe maybe if we live like a missionary in our very context that God's already called us in, and we try not to just get people to come to this program that we have, but what if we actually from the ground up, like have these spiritual conversations and pray for and with people and look at the Bible together. And then all of a sudden you've got rhythms of the early formation of a church mm -hmm. that looks very book of Acts. That's with people who wouldn't step into other church buildings, but are now beginning to hunger and follow Jesus. And so, I mean, I think that's really the why is like we are as post-Christian and we're post-Christian and we got to start probably thinking more like missionaries than people who do church well. Um, and that's so we're starting to just see a lot of fruit when the rubber meets the road. The reality is that's the the vast majority of my city mm. and there is actual spiritual hunger. So, hey, let's let's live like missionaries in those those ordinary spaces. That's great. OK, so I, I, I got to know. Right. So I'm sure stories abound and like you see this traction um, in the faces of people who are feeling a felt need that the Lord's ministering through, I always say the least likely of people, which is me. Um, you know, I feel like the Lord uses us um, to reach people that we don't feel qualified to reach, I think a lot of times. And so, Suze, I'm wondering, like, what does that look like um, as a professional, as a doc, as an MD, as like, what does it look like to be an everyday missionary in your context? And Corey, I'm giving you the benefit of having her response be the time for you to prep yes. for yours, just because I think you Perfect. need a little bit more extra time than she does. So just so you know. Absolutely. But remember, I married her, so who's smarter? There, well, hey, hey, no question. Sue, That's right. I, I think we all know the answer to that question. Suze, what would you say? I mean, I, I think that it just looks like having your eyes and your heart open all the time. I mean, that's something that has been a new new thing for me to to recognize and grasp hold of in the last couple of years as just my mindset has shifted. Uh, you know, I think it's easy to, it has been easy in my life to sort of separate like, this is church time over here when I go and do this. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is 
community time when you go on this certain night uh, and do that. But the reality for us has been like, this is sort of like all day, every day, if you want to allow it to be and are willing and interested in the, and the benefits are like a thousandfold from what I ever expected that to be. We, we live with our church, our micro church, our community. I mean, we do sports and school and games and, and everything. And we see these friends every day. And so the opportunity for spiritual conversations, for breakthrough, for the miraculous, for whatever, it is present all the time, every day, in every little minutia, like every little tiny conversation that we have, every little struggle or celebration with a kid, uh, you know, or a family member or the the hard parts, we sort of, if the, if our eyes are open and our hearts are open, my mindset changing to that has really changed things a lot because you can enter into that conversation at any moment. Mm-hmm. And and big things change that that I would have never expected mm-hmm. to change. Um, we have some friends going through hard things in their families, in their marriages, and just just even saying, "Hey, let's pray together about that." And 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 backing up, like getting to a point that we know people well enough, and that they know us well enough, and mm-hmm. and where we're at and who we are to then get to a point to be like, Hey, let's pray together without being weird about it. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's just part of the vernacular and part of the day. Um, it changes things because our lives are not as much as we try to make them boxed in. They're not, they're not lived that way. I mean, we mm-hmm. interact with, with each other all the time. So, yeah. so I would say that's, that's where, where we're at. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll just jump in there. I think, uh, Church is not something we go to, you know, it's not a program. Um, it's an identity. And uh, like we think about in all practicality, uh, if we feel, if God is calling us to a people or to a place, then if we really understand that, like, hey, I'm called to these people, like I'm really, I'm intending to join God, what he's already doing in this space then like, I don't, you don't have to think of church so much as uh, this thing we do as, okay, these are the people. And now we're going to begin to make disciples from the ground up. And that's, and these are the, this is the life. These are the rhythms. These are the, we're going to, we're going to pray. We're going to ask you a question. We're going to have a gospel presence. Uh, You know, like we're going to have, we're going to be there when there's hard times. We're going to mobilize gatherings for loneliness. We're going to just be a good friend. Um, and in that, we're going to ask good questions. Suze is a really good question asker. Um, I train people how to ask good questions. She actually asks really good questions. <laughs> um, and well, like, and that just lends itself to eventually a discovery Bible study, which is our a whole way of teaching people how to make disciples. Is we read the Bible together, we ask questions, uh, like, and then we how do we respond to it mm-hmm. in our lives? And it just becomes like, hey, this is who we are. So. The, the thing that I always, I always like to think of um, church as something that emerges out of new disciple making rather than a program we start or a thing that we go to. And if it emerges, that there's already a people, right? It's, it's already people. Now as we start to follow Jesus together, now we're a group of people, and that's called church. And it's very, it's very Book of Acts. And, and really, if you think about it, and I'll, I, I like to – I got to shut up sometimes because I'll keep talking, mm-hmm. but – like if you're in a city, so this is for all listeners that are in any anywhere across the city or the or the, the country or the globe. 
Um, I like to think of it as, you know, just like Facebook. You're on Facebook and you can identify almost every type of group. Like in our city, you, if you like to, to run, there's runners clubs and groups. If you like to knit, are you a knitter? You like to knit, Tim? Uh, or if you're big into if I, if I could, crochet. If I could choose a handcraft, it would be crochet. I'm go. helping my daughter right now with an Amaguri orca whale. Just so you know, Man. you really hit home. So I don't know what half of those words meant in there. So that's fantastic. Yeah. I dismissed most of it because I have no idea what you're talking about. But I guarantee you there's a group of people in your city somewhere that does. Uh, and you can find those people. And like, who are your people? Uh, if you really can identify who are your people, as in who is God sending you to, it's most likely a group of people you're already around or have a reason to be around. Then you can really begin to think what it looks like to live in the way that we're talking about. And it's really not all that extra holy. It's just intentional. You know, it's just like we understand this is who our people are and who God's calling us to. And uh, our lives are super messy. Like the last week of our lives is as messy as uh, and busy and crazy as anything. Uh, but it's like there's a lot of just goodness when you're doing it with people who, you know, you can love and walk alongside. Yeah. There's also a change. depth. There's a change. I think really people are looking for depth of relationship. Uh, whether we know it or not, like it just goes back to kindergarten when you're just like trying to find your friend that knows you, that gets you. And there is something that changes in the depth of relationship when you can share your thoughts, your questions, your your scars, your victories with other people. And uh, when we sort of recognize those little cracks in the shell of like, oh, they're kind of interested. That was kind of a an interested question. And how can I like bring my own life, you know, story or relationship or experience with Jesus into that? And it it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be formal or weird or anything like that. It can just be so simple as like, man, the last time I was going through something like that, what got you through it? Oh, I I prayed or I asked someone else to, or, Hey, what if I prayed for you right now about that? Or just at some point, like when people know that that's happening, mm -hmm. that that's what the relationship is based on. It changes things. Mm -hmm. It just changes things. It changes the atmosphere. It changes the family dynamics, the, the friendship dynamics too. Yeah. Wow. It is, um, I'd say it's remarkable. So, I mean, really what you're talking about is a way of life that really is church. And it kind of invades every space that you're in, you know, it, it kind of be like, I think for most of us, and in, in, if you're anything like me as a listener, it's just like life gets segregated into different categories and different boxes. And this is who I need to be when I'm here. And this is who I need to be when I'm there. And really, I think what you're challenging us to is what, well, what happens when the gospel invades all of those places? And you're yeah. just an ambassador of the kingdom every single place that you're at. And you're always, not that you're looking to involve, but because this is your mindset, everything becomes involved into the sphere that you're at. Is that kind of, so it's, it's almost like I can't really segregate it. Yeah, I go to work, but I'm still, I'm still living church at work. I'm still living church at coffee shop. I'm still living church while training other people to do this too. It's this, um, this a cyclical nature of like living in the kingdom of God present today. And so you guys with 
with how involved you are right now in, in all of the day-to-days and just the life things, the ministry, all that stuff, I am just super curious to know, like, how did we get to doing life this way as compared to the way that a lot of other people, you know, find themselves living life today? How did we get, like, how did kind of like, what was the genesis of really beginning to live life this intentional way where church happens everywhere? So it was a, it was a process. I mean, this has been a process, you know, as I am very much a, 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 I like what's familiar. I like what's comfortable. I like what I know, that sort of thing. And I, and I am married to someone who's just not that way. Or he's, I mean, he just always thinking like what could be and, Hmm. It's easy to trust him in that walk, you know, but it's also, there's been some hard parts of it. We were, we were involved in the church and we went through a lot of, of hard things, big things, big moments. I mean, we did, we had fantastic years of youth ministry that come with their own like challenges and everything, but we went through the birth of our first few kids and, um, and some of those were a little traumatic and we have really had community that walked with us through that and loved us well. I mean, they were really the church and like supported us. I think we really learned what church was through that support and love and time with that body of people. But then we got to this point, and especially Corey, as he was learning about what was going on in the global church um, how new believers were coming to know Jesus. I mean, what, what God was capable of doing, what he was capable of catalyzing, like what his power was. And it was, it was messing him up. I mean, he just couldn't come back and make sense with the way, with the method, with like, this is it, you know? So we were sort of in this like spot of like, really understanding understanding the community and the love and the support that a church could bring but then like is it moving like are we watching it move are we seeing it move is there is there more to this and how many others in our city are not experiencing this and how do we get there like how do we get to that spot because we're experiencing real church right now but man there's like thousands that aren't Hi, friends. This is Simeon Lorman, one of the producers working to bring you this podcast. We decided to split Tim's conversation with the Osmonds into two parts because we realized there were simply too many golden insights to digest in just one sitting. So the second half will be featured in the next episode we release. I really hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so far. If you're like me, I'm sure you can relate to some of the questions Sue's brought up at the end of this episode. You know, those deep soul searching questions, the kind of questions that emerge out of our disillusionment are those that show up when we're evaluating the realities of our everyday lives. Trust me, you don't want to miss the rest of what Corey and Suze had to share with us. The second half of the conversation includes recent stories of how they've witnessed the miraculous work of God in their city. You'll also hear more about all those questions they found themselves asking, and ultimately, how they found the courage to say yes to God's calling in their lives. I hope you'll join us for part two of the Osborne story. As we wrap up this episode, we want you to know that you too are called beyond. We believe there is more that God desires for your life than you could possibly ask or imagine. Are you longing for more? You don't have to have it all figured out to take the next step of faith. We bless you in Jesus' name to embrace the courage that's required to obediently follow God's calling. We pray and believe for transformation in the relationships and communities where you live, work, and play.
in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Call Beyond is a production of Novo Mission, Inc. To learn more about Novo's commitment to multiply movements of the gospel and mobilize the church for that mission, we invite you to check us out on our website at Novo.org or follow us at Novo Mission on Facebook or Instagram. The music in today's episode was written by the band Wild Earth and used with permission from the artist. Thank you again for giving our podcast a listen. We hope you'll join us for more Called Beyond.